The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com, and welcome to 2024. If you've never caught a show or you've missed a show, you can, you can see our shows posted on YouTube. We put it on YouTube. We try to get it on Rumble as well, but you can go to Guild Hall Wealth on YouTube and catch any one of our previous shows and, you know, touch all the buttons, press all the buttons and things like that. You can also follow us on X where you can see some of the articles that we're reading and keep up to date with the market. Cause I think this year is going to be one crazy year. Joining me today on the real money show is Paul Wiseman. It's two weeks running, two weeks running. That's wow. right. And um, we're going to talk today about some of the projections and targets for gold and silver. We want to talk about things that are man-made. We, you know, there's a new trend with man-made diamonds and uh, also cryptocurrencies, which are also man-made. But first, let's talk about what's been happening in the world of money. You know, Paul, we're always wanting to view precious metals through the lens of some of the fundamentals, which is supply, demand, money printing and inflation, and of course, geopolitics. As we look for this year, it is an election year in the United States. So it's going to be one crazy year from a geopolitical standpoint. I know from from watching 2020, there, there was the year, the summer of love, there were Antifa riots, there was BLM, there was all sorts of stuff going on Lots in the markets. Yes, there was, um, there was the pandemic. It was it was one absolutely crazy year. I expect the same. It's already started off kind of crazy with the circus of the uh, Epstein stuff. So a lot of things will come to light. What I think people are not necessarily paying attention to is that the debt in the U.S. just passed $34 trillion. They added a trillion dollars in something like three months. Yeah, 34, that's $34 trillion. That's without Medicare and Social Security, which is unfunded. Do you know what the interest is on $34 trillion? Well, that's just it, right? They're ra- they raised interest rates. I felt like 2023 was very similar to the year of transitory inflation. We're going to try to get everyone to buy the narrative that we're going to be higher for longer yeah, but- without, without knowing that these unfunded liabilities, the cost for them is going up all the time as you raise interest rates. But $34 trillion, they don't have to work for it. Now, the average person that's paying high interest rates, whether it's a credit card, whether it's a line of credit, whatever it is, they feel it every paycheck. They feel it every month when they write out that check or send uh, a pre-authorized payment or whatever it is. You know, whether it's a credit card, some of the credit cards are probably 22, 23, 24%. Pick a figure, throw it at the dartboard, and that's what the interest rate is. Um, But the U.S., they just print. They just print. Press a button, it's a keystroke, and there goes another trillion dollars. Well, I mean, it's not actually printed. Yeah, I mean, listen, there was uh, there's an analyst, I think he's in the, the crypto market, but this was a post that was going around from Robert Breedlove. He was talking about in 2020 that they created out of thin air, as you said, $6 trillion. Now, the average American worker in the United States makes $60,000. So a quick calculation tells you that that is 100 million years of GDP stolen. 
by printing that money. And I'm telling you, in the past, if you were a central banker with being, being that crazy and irresponsible, they would have killed you for that. But this is the point. Are they really printing the money? As I said, is it a keystroke? If you really knew what a trillion dollars look like, if you took an American football field, took a pallet, a skid, stacked it with $100 bills, put another skid on top of it, put a 747 jet at one end and the White House at the other end, and that's a trillion dollars. How the hell can you print $6 trillion that quick? It doesn't happen. So it's a keystroke. It's mythical. It's vaporware. It doesn't exist except on paper. Yet... There's a reality to the situation. The reality is, is someone's going to people who are at the front of that spigot are making the money. They're getting it. They're getting it quick. They're going out and spending it and buying things with it, right? You say, oh, the money doesn't matter. They send a whole bunch of money to uh, around the world, and then they see these leaders of the world show up in yachts. So the money goes somewhere. Someone's getting it. It's somewhere out there, and it has to be paid back with interest. So. The Fed right now, for the first time ever, and you should see this chart, it just ticks along and then bang like a crevice down. They, are, they have lost $130 billion. They're losing money. So how do you print money and lose money at the same time? It makes no sense. The money that's no longer makes sense. It's a casino. It, the, the whole system no longer makes sense. You have to admit we are hurtling towards an absolute disaster. We're just walking, sleepwalking into the next crisis. Well, nobody, the public, Joe public doesn't pay attention. They don't know what's going on. Uh, they're told something and they tend to believe everything they read, everything they hear and everything they see. It's not true. Or in, I'll give you a quick yeah. example of today. Uh, the U.S. created 216,000 jobs. Uh, for December, but they also made a correction for. They let in a hundred thousand at the that. border. Get that for a minute. They they revised in October and November seventy one thousand jobs that didn't exist. Right. So they created it and it disappeared. Right. Um, in Canada, uh, we created twenty four thousand one hundred jobs, but we laid off twenty four thousand people in Ontario. A total of 48,000 uh, was lost, actually, in Ontario. Um, the unemployment rate, 5.8%. In the States, um, the unemployment rate is about 5.7, according to if them. It's believe much, any of it. much higher. But again, if you look, they created 216,000 jobs in America. That's a lot of Santa Clauses. That's a lot of little elves helping at Amazon shipping goods. Those are part-time jobs. They are not full-time jobs. So you're seeing a revision in our future. Well, there's no way the Fed in the U.S. can put up interest, uh, lower interest rates. You don't think so? No. Wall Street is looking for three, four reductions. It's not going to happen. They're just they're feeding. How, how do you figure? It's fairy dust. They're feeding you. Absolute beast. Well, what about what about when all of these banks have to re refinance, like all the commercial mortgages have to refinance? I, what happens with all these people in Canada who have to refinance? They know that all of this is come and due. They're going to have no choice but to drop the interest rates. I would say it's what happens after they do it, because because people are looking for relief of dropping interest rates. But Jeremy, once you do it, it's no, over. There's no room to drop interest rates. Last year alone. 
whether it's in the US or Canada, the auto workers, I think they gave between 8 and 10% a year pay increases. UPS in the States got 10%. Uh, American Airlines got 10%. We haven't even had the garbage workers here going on strike here demanding all types of increases. You know, you can't cover, if you're paying people 10% more in salaries, everything has to go up. Corporations don't suck it up. As an example, last month and the month before, the US dollar was trading around about 1.385. Two months ago, it was 1.34. Now it's about 1.33. That meant that you were, we don't grow oranges, grapefruits, cherries, you know. We import everything from, from U.S., Chile, Mexico, wherever it comes from. It's paid in U.S. dollars. So if you're paying 5% on currency, the wholesalers will put the price up. The retailers, whether it's Loblaws or anybody else, Costco, they're all going to put their prices up. So therefore, you can't keep inflation down. They're trying to, you know, this week or last week, the U.S. dollar drop down a little bit. Hurrah. Okay, you're, I, I see what you're saying. You're, you're giving the deflation argument. You're saying as prices continue to rise, people won't be able to buy as much stuff. So you're going to have less economic activity. People are going to put the money towards their food, their, their housing, and all of the non-essentials are going to go they're going to go down because people won't be buying them. Well, but they, at the same time, look, it, they've got a choice. You cannot raise interest rates and print a whole bunch of money, okay? Pay every, pay every, fill up every hole, or you're going to drop the interest rate and print a bunch of money. But either way, we're at the end game. Either way, the dollar's toast. The Fed can't go on put, adding trillions of dollars to the balance sheet, losing money, and just adding, and then the country's just adding deficit over deficit, while at the same time, the Fed is actually pulling money out of the system. So we're waiting for a collapse. The, you need more money all the time to pay back the interest. So they're heading towards a collapse. And once the collapse hits, then, then they're free to lower interest rates and they're free to print a bunch of money. But at that point, it's already too late. You never fixed, you never fixed the savings and loan crisis. You papered over it. You never fixed 2008. You paper over it. You never fixed the stuff from the pandemic. You, you papered over it. So what's going to happen? It's, it's done. The dollar's toast. You have to, it's going to be worthless. So you have to get out of it. You have to own some, something to get out of it. You need a bridge. Well, this is where investments like gold and silver really outlast most. It's an insurance policy. It doesn't matter. You're not looking to make millions of dollars holding gold and silver. What you're trying to do is ensure the value of your buying power stays up there. So, for example, you know, as we're trade, you know, doing the show today, silver's trading at 2320 US. Um, gold is 2047 an ounce. That spot. That spot that's not the physical product. With the physical product you add. But we'll talk about that in the second segment. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll agree to disagree on interest rates, but I think we would agree that we're looking to protect wealth, and that's where gold and silver come in. You can do that within a registered account. You can buy it direct. And if you've never done it before, best way to do it is to just start off slow, crawl, walk, run, get a little bit in your hand and see how it feels, and you'll see where to move next with that acquisition. We're here to help people protect wealth with real money. It's the Real Money Show, the number one eight. 778 Silver, the website guildhallwealth.com. More to come on 640 Toronto. 
You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm joined by Paul Wiseman, and we're having a conversation about whether or not interest rates will go up or go down and what it looks like on either side of the equation. So I think that that the Fed will have no choice but to lower interest rates. That's been, uh, in my mind and research, that seems to be what they do when there's a recession. It's what they do when there's a crisis. And we are hurtling towards that very, very quickly. Some say within the next several months, um, they're going to be running out of money and making these sorts of decisions. Now, you, Paul, on the other hand, are saying, no, we, they are going to keep interest rates where they are. They may even go up. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that there will be a depression like you've never seen. And people are just going to have to pull their bootstraps up. And if you can't afford that property, you're gonna, there's going to be a catharsis in the economy. And the question is, is what happens to the banks, the government, when all that happens, when everybody is destitute and on the streets? Well, to start off, the banks are putting aside so much money for defaults and bad debt. Only because they never had the reserves in the first place well, because they lowered them to zero. So now they're, they're calling it something other than what it should, was always, which was reserves. But they're putting aside more. There's more defaults on car payments. People are not paying their cell phone bills. They're not paying, uh, not for cable, but all the other things, Disney and sure. uh, whatever Their the subscriptions, are. Their blah, subscriptions, blah, blah, blah. People can't afford to pay $50, $60. If you don't have it, it's a choice between putting food on the table and watching some stupid program uh, that you're locked into. It doesn't make any sense. You know, people have been blinded by the BS that goes on on a, on a daily basis. What you see on the TV, on all the stations, all the financial stations, they pull out all these gurus. Nobody knows except for the person that's got their finger on the button, like, you know, gold and silver. For example, there's not enough gold and silver if everybody started buying it to fill the orders. I mean, you know, there's been a little bit of a lull uh, the last couple of months, but I see it tightening up right now. Um, gold and silver has always been an insurance policy. It's always held its own. For the last year, gold went up 15%. Not that bad. You know, better than most things, better than the interest you would get at the bank uh, on a GIC locking in your money for a year. So let's talk about some registered accounts. I also want to get into price targets and whatnot. So what's going on with registered accounts for 2024? Well, for example, um, if you've never had a TFSA uh, from the inception, you can put as much as $95,000 into gold and silver in a TFSA. When you want to sell, you make profit, you don't have to pay a penny tax. That's the smartest investment you can make. For example, on an RSP, it defers the tax, but you can put as much as 18% of your salary, um, which is $31,560 as a maximum as, a, as an installment into an RRSP. And I, I just want to make a quick comment on that. Because anyone who's paid a large bill to the government probably says to myself, I never want to do that again. 
And you're better to pay it to yourself and put it in the RSP and defer the income and stake yourself for the future. It's your money. Don't give it to the government to waste. Give it to yourself and give yourself a chance to make something with it. And as you said, if gold's been moving up, you know, 12% a year on average, it's up 400% in the last 20 years, silver's not far behind it, you will beat inflation, you will maintain your purchasing power, you will cover the income tax at a later date. And I'd rather quadruple the money and pay more taxes and walk away with a lot more money in my pocket. So, and even if you didn't, at least you've given yourself a chance for money in your retirement. So it makes all the sense in the world to defer that income and to get and to pay yourself and to stake yourself an opportunity to make money. Well, as they say, gold is for your golden years. Yeah. So if you put gold away, it's in an RSP, you let it sit there. You know, we've been in this business since 2002. You know, when I first started trading gold, it was $250. Silver was $3.80. Um, yeah, it's had a couple of bad years, but overall it's done very, very well, and it's a strong investment. The cost of taking gold and silver out of the ground is becoming more and more expensive. Therefore, it has to go up. Now, we were talking before about, I believe, interest rates uh, or reduction of interest rates is going to stall. You know, it they were talking last year it's going to happen in the first quarter it won't happen in the quarter they're not, they're not able to reduce the rates it may you may get one or two if you're lucky in the third quarter or even the beginning of the fourth quarter but with the way everything is set up with inflation with the cost of food it's not it hasn't got any cheaper though gas is down everything else is up you know, even insurances. I mean, our insurance, even at the office, has gone up 40%. That's not inflation. That's rape. 40%. Everything's gone up. Oh, I, I, I hear you there. I mean, um, give you two examples from my son. We, go to, we were taking him to this craft place. Him and his cousins, they would do these crafts on the weekends. And they raised the rent so high they had to shut down. They closed the business. And then the school that he goes to, they raised the rent so much on the second campus that they're now moving everything in. You're, you're going from like a five-bedroom down to a studio apartment on this school. It basically destroyed the school. I don't know how they're going to deal with it. And that's happening everywhere. And it's like all, you know, you see stores closing and the raising of the interest rates and the cost of everything is destroying the economy. Meanwhile, you've seen something like 700 plus thousand Canadians leave the country because of this government. And they've I let in more than 700,000 come through the door. And oh, well, that's just it. They've let in a million and there's still no housing for them. So, <laughs> but the people that left had money. And yes, they took and, the money with and their them. votes have left with them too. The people that are coming in don't have money and don't have anywhere to stay, uh, and they need to be supported. Uh, but that's another problem. Yeah, let's, not, and let's, that's not my problem. My problem. My thing is: is how do we get to protect people's wealth? Yeah. How do we? You know, we're not financial advisors. But we do an awful lot of research. We're only in the gold, precious metals business and the investment diamond business. That's all we do. Yeah, you know, I had this call um, a couple of days ago, Paul. Gentleman calls in, and we got we got a little heated at the end because what he wanted to do is he wanted to buy maple silver maples in his TFSA, but he wanted to self store them. 
okay? And I said, listen, you know, look, number one, it's great to hold silver maples, but in a TFSA, why wouldn't you go with more economical product? And number two, you can't self-store at a TFSA. How are, is anybody supposed to regulate that and know that you didn't rehypothecate it and sell it four times over? And he said, well, I'm an honest person. I said, well, that's, that's all well and good, <laughs> but that doesn't make for a vehicle, right, for people to actually control what's going on. And what it came down to is he watched this movie, uh, this documentary, I forget what it's called now. Um, this guy Webb put it together, and he talks about you know that in the states they put together these these regulations that essentially it's like uh, what Jim Rickards talks about an Ice Nine event where they can seize everything, and even though you bought a car, the the whole system's been so financialized that you don't that they could take the car from you. You don't really own it. Same thing with the house. You go, well, I, I own that. I've got a mortgage on it. Well, then you don't own it. The bank does. It's as simple as that. So the, it's scaring the bejesus out of people that, that they don't really own anything. And, and I'm thinking to myself, cause, uh, and I'm thinking about you, like that's not how the gold market works. It comes out of the ground. It's a retail product. There's no fine print. There's no fine print, and you own it. Even within the registered account, there's no fine print. Well, well this is like, uh, you know, uh, was it Costco? Yeah. They sold uh, in the States, they sold $100 million worth of gold, uh, two gold, one ounce gold per bars per customer. Yeah. It was great. I mean, you could buy $4,000 US, two bars. Yeah. Where are you going to sell it to? Well, that, I mean, that that's, doesn't that's, matter. But that's another problem. But who are you going to sell it to? But they sold but, the right product, though. They, yeah, they, they sold they LBMA sold, PAMP product. Yeah, it's they, a good they product. They sold the product. But, it, you know, and people bought it. Yeah, I'll take two two bars per customer. I'll put great it start. away, you know, throw it in the panty drawer. It doesn't matter. It's, it's a great start. It's, a, it, it's, it's there. But there always is a downside when someone gives something away for nothing almost or cheap. Where do you sell it to? And when you go to sell it... Uh, if you're not dealing with a respectable, reputable dealer, you've got a problem. Yeah, I, I would say at least, though, Costco did a good job by selling the right type of product. So they would be able to sell it to a dealer, a coin shop, a bank. These, it, it's the right type of product oh, that they sold. They did it with Atmax. They're, yeah, they're but reputable. they also sold Pamp Fortuna, which has a, a spread of actually, at a normal rate, at least $8 more yeah. than a regular gold bar. It's just a stamp. It's an imprint. It's nothing special. Okay. And I always tell my clients, you know, when you're buying gold or silver, as long as you're getting 4.9 gold, um, it's LBMA approved, the same with silver. You know, to buy maples, you're paying a premium. When you buy a 100-ounce bar, which is the best way to buy it, there's less of premium. We stock LBMA product, whether it's RCM, whether it's PAMP, whether it's Nadir. Uh, those are the products that we sell. If you go to our website, our, our e-store, we don't have 200 SKUs. We don't have Superman coins, maples, or beavers, or any of that type of stuff. Because that is not investment. That is... You know, uh, for people that want to do numismatics, great, but it's not a great investment. Uh, it's like buying baseball cards. You know, today, what are baseball cards, what are hockey cards worth? You've got a 100-year-old baseball card, it's worth something. You know, uh, the, the way they produce uh, cards today, it doesn't make any difference. They're so, so, yeah, I mean, on 100-ounce bars, they are, for silver, they're, they're 
triple nine. They don't have to be quadruple nine, but for sure. gold, it's quadruple nine. Um, the idea is to acquire LBMA approved product. Let's talk about targets for precious metals uh, for the year 2024. Uh, just quickly looking at some some math here, Paul, we're, we're starting the year off, I'm going to say in gold at about 2050. And there's already projections of $2,300, $2,400. Um, I just want to basically, for the audience, to understand how simple it is for the gold market, even without a crisis, to move up nicely this year. If we got a 20% increase on gold this year, you're already looking at 2460. Well, now there have you... been many times in the last 20 years where gold has done that. It's a higher than normal number, but I wanted to just start off with with a number like that that we've seen in the past. Okay. First of all, Last month, you saw a figure of 2140 for gold. Um, that was a high. Um, so we've already got a figure that we know we're going to go to. So 2140, if you add 10% to that, uh, you're going to be looking at, you know, around about 2350. That's where I think you're going to see anywhere from 2350 to $2,400 gold this year. Could be higher. It all depends how bad the dollar, US dollar gets slaughtered. I mean, and this has got to do with China. It's got to do with the BRIC countries. Um, they could really have an effect. And as well, what's happening in the Middle East, um, there's lots of things happening that can affect the U.S. dollar. And, and we'll get into all of that in the next segment. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. We're going to pick this up. You don't want to miss this because we're talking about price targets for gold. And wait till you start to hear where the price targets can go on silver as well. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. It's The Real Money Show on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website, guildhallwealth.com. I'm joined by Paul Wiseman. I'm Jeremy Wiseman. We're talking about physical precious metals. And right now we want to talk about some price targets for gold and silver. So just starting off from a standpoint of can gold go up 20% in this climate, in this uh, geopolitical atmosphere, supply, demand, the money printing, we're up a uh, trillion dollars debt in the US in less than three months. It's only becoming exponential at this point. So hey, Let's start with 20% increase in gold. That would bring us to 2460. Now, as the price of gold increases, Paul, you know this well, so do many of our listeners, the ratio of how many ounces of silver it takes to buy an ounce of gold narrows. Right now, it's something like 85 to 1. You need 85 ounces of silver to buy an ounce of gold. Historically, it was 16 to 1. Okay, that's fantastic. Maybe we'll get there one day. If I take 2460 and I divide it by 70 to 1, so the ratio comes down to 70 to 1, that would put silver in the $35 range. Now, from 23 to 35, we're already talking about 40%. And that is actually normal if gold were to move up 20%, which it did in 2020, okay? It went up 20%. That was the last uh, election cycle year. Um, and silver went up 40%. So it can happen. But I want to talk a little bit about what happens to silver when it breaks 30. Because right now, 
stick with me on this. Right now, everyone's talking about Bitcoin. And I'm not against Bitcoin. I like it. Personally, I'm always waiting for someone to really sell it to me. And I can't quite get there on some of the reasons. They they lose me on a certain thing. You're not alone. I mean, Jamie Dimond from JP Morgan hates Bitcoin with a passion. But he buys it. Yeah, but on the other side. December the 6th, he got before Congress um, when um, uh, Elizabeth Warren was questioning. Sure. And he came out with. It's criminal, and it's used for money laundering, and it's used for this, and it's used for that, and it's black market. And You know, last week they came out, two companies are going to be looking after BlackRock and also um, Jane Street. Uh, they're going to have IPOs on cryptocurrency. Yeah. Who's the two companies that are actually going to do distribution? Yeah. The custodians. Yeah, well, it's like an IPO. They yeah. distribute the oh, stock. Oh, I see. They Sorry. distribute yep. the crypt, you know, the, the ETF. Yeah. JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs. Right. So it's like, you know, somebody, and, and the funny thing is, you know, JP Morgan, the real honest company, mm-hmm. um, since 2000. They just give money to the regulators. Since, oh, no, no, no. Since 2000, they've only been fined $39 billion for all types of nonsense that they got away with. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, he hates it. I mean, he played to the crowd. He played to Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, well, you know, they should ban it. The government should. What a load of nonsense. Yeah, I, you but know. It's, but it's vaporware. It, you can't hold it in your hand. Gold and silver, there's a saying. If you can't touch it, you don't own it. Yes, and, and I want to get back because this comes back to the, to the targets on gold and silver because what we're talking about here is speculation. So I was I was watching a video last night. It's from two years ago, but I, I do like Rafi Farber's approach to cryptocurrencies. It's very similar to mine. You know, um, uh, what's his name who does hot commodity? Jim Rogers. Jim Rogers did an interview. He said, listen, it's not my party. It's not my party. I'm not huge into it. I don't have anything against it. It's just not my party. And I feel like a lot of people who push cryptocurrencies, I've told you this, I feel like I'm at a party with someone on drugs. They're so excited about it, and they just say, you got to try it. It's amazing. I said, yeah, I'm not into that. It's not my party. There's a lot of overlap. There's a lot of, hey, we want our own fiat system. We want a system where there's responsibility involved. We don't like that we don't have freedoms in this system. There's so many things that are similar. But I liked what Rafi Farber said. He said, listen, the dollar is a derivative of gold because gold was money. And people wanted to own gold because they just wanted to own it. And you could you could say, is that intrinsic value or is that just I want to own that thing because it's beautiful and I can do things with it. But the dollar was a derivative of that original money. And crypto or at least in this case, Bitcoin, is a derivative of the dollar. And so you say, well, what's a what's a, a Bitcoin worth without the dollar? And you and, and even they talked about this in that article or in this interview, and, and he said, well, I understood it right away. I don't calculate gold in dollars. I calculate it in what it buys me. How many ounces of gold to buy a house? If it's 650 ounces of gold, it's way too much. In 1980, you could buy a house in Rosedale for like 250 ounces. You know how many ounces of gold you need to buy a house in Rosedale, Toronto? You need like over 2,000, 3,000 ounces. It's ridiculous. So you can understand the value of things because of gold. That's the whole point. 
Pe- same people have the same problem with a regular currency like the dollar. Well, what's the dollar worth? I don't know. Something against one thirty-five against the U.S. dollar. Okay, but what's it worth? But the only time people, it's worth the, 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 only time the ounces. People worry about what something is worth with dollars is when they're going on a trip. <laughs> yes, it's the only time someone says, "Well, if I'm going to the states, I got to change my Canadian into U.S. What am I going to get? Really, I'm only going to get that small amount." And that's when they understand the value of a dollar. So here's the, here's the thing. I'm, I'm trying to get back to, to this point. The point is, is that if, if Bitcoin was not doing anything, would people be excited about it? I don't think so. I don't think so either. So what we're actually talking about here is speculation. The, the idea that you can double your money if it goes to 100000 And the great part is, is the, the barrier to entry is a couple hundred bucks. I don't have to come up with $50,000 to buy it. So the barrier of entry is wide, wide, wide. But it has to go crazy high for you to double your money. doesn't matter. It's moving up. That's what matters. So when it comes to gold and silver, right now, the savvy people are buying it. The insurance people are buying it. The people who are saying, can't drop to zero. It's never dropped to zero. I want to protect my wealth. I want something that can't drop to zero. So... And we can talk about what the lowest number in precious metals would be. I would say it's just around the cost to mine it. Well, this so, is one of the things as well. This is why yeah. people like gold, because you can take it with you or, you know, move it. Silver is a little heavier. You know, a 100-ounce bar is 7 pounds. Unless it goes to $1,000. Yeah, but, you know, you've got, you got 10,000 ounces of silver. You know, that's a lot of weight to, to move around. So you have to store it. That's why we provide you know, uh, through Brinks, uh, a vault which is allocated, segregated to you. You get the bar numbers. It's the safest way to store. It's insured. You know, when you're at home, you're only insured for gold and silver unless it's in jewelry for about $1,500. Most people don't look at their policy. You know, it's great burying in the back garden, but is it safe in the back garden? Yeah, so I, in the next segment, we want to get to what it looks like when silver hits speculation. What does it look like when we do that? And I think that can happen well, we after we break $30. But we saw it in 2011. Yes, exactly. So let's talk about that and where the market can go and what kind of money people could expect to make in this market because I think it's going to be spectacular. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. More to come on The Real Money Show on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver and the website, guildhallwealth.com. Just wanted to talk about a little bit about this Bitcoin ETF. Everyone's excited about it. It's funny, Paul, because when we saw the ETF be uh, come out in 2006, I think it was in or 2007. Yeah, I think it was 2006 in silver. It was not good for the price of silver at all because it became a way to use to use other people's money to suppress the price. I've always viewed it as a way to siphon off money to other places to make it quote unquote when you buy when you when you get an ETF it's an investment you don't own anything so a, a crypto ETF or a bitcoin ETF is basically saying well i guess it's a fast easy way to get exposure to the market but you don't own any the what the question is is why would you want the ETF you could just buy the bitcoin itself it makes no sense so the ETF if it's like anything that happened in the silver market is a means to get people to not invest in it 
to make a means for the for the JP Morgans of the world to manipulate the price. Yeah, and anyone who says, well, it's not like that, it's it's different from the gold market, I would say, well, that's convenient. You guys have been saying that, that Bitcoin is, is, is gold. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's convenient for you to say it's not going to act like that. Well, the problem is, is when you put a whole load of product in two or three people's hands, uh, it's going to get controlled. They can push it up, they can push it down. You're the last one to know when the market's going to move up. Um, to me, the safest investment is precious metals, gold, silver, and also natural fancy color diamonds. And I've been a, been a big proponent of natural fancy diamonds. They hold their own. It's not something that you day trade. You don't day trade your house. You don't day trade investment diamonds. You sit on them. It's something that you have for your family to put away as defense it's an insurance policy that's what you have it for yeah and there's been you know lately you there's been a lot of talk about the man-made diamonds and what they're doing to the industry and i think it's very interesting because the diamond the white diamond industry it was never rare to begin with i mean De beers had so much white diamonds they didn't know what to do with them so they said okay well let's restrict supply to the market and we can raise the price and call it a luxury because that marketing ploy was amazing. And a great a diamond, advertising campaign. A diamond is forever. Yes, it's, it's the hardest substance on earth. Yes, it's forever. But it's not rare. White diamonds are not rare, at least. Well, yeah, you can't say, unless you have the diamond like uh, Elizabeth Taylor's diamond. It's yes. a huge diamond. It is, yes. It's held by a celebrity. Uh, those type of diamonds in auction still hold their own. And I think and that I, that's going to continue. I, and I look at man-made synthetic diamonds or whatever you want to call them, phony diamonds, if they, you like. They call them just man-made now. Man-made now. Yeah, GIA says you man-made. Know, one of the largest man-made diamond companies went bankrupt a couple of months ago in yeah. the States. Yeah. Um, there is no resale market. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's going to be you can get twice the size or four times, five times the size for, you know, a quarter of the money. Yeah, I think here's the thing. Um, when we're just talking about the white diamond market, not yeah. the color diamond market, I think it's going to force the white diamond market to move up and say, listen, you know, these, these, di these jewelry companies are going to have to say, great, man-made, fine. But what we're going to offer you now is we're not going to offer you a VSH. We now have to up our game and say an F, D-E-F, VVS, right? They're going to have to up their game on that. But here's the thing about the difference between man-made, cut through it all man-made versus real okay i'm doing a renovation right now you have a choice you can get real hardwood you can get fabricated hardwood or you could get quote unquote luxury vinyl all right the real stuff is always more expensive you can get um porcelain tile porcelain stonework right fantastic it's beautiful it's it's like man it's like the real stuff the way they design it, and they have to design it. They have to draw it and make it. But it's not marble, and it doesn't look as beautiful as marble. And if you want the marble, you're going to pay through the nose for the real thing. Of course. So let's just be honest with each other and say man-made is great. It gives you access, just like pearls. When they could culture pearls in the 20s, all of a sudden everyone could own pearls. It's not the same as the real but thing. When we were, we were looking the other day at Tiffany's, Yep. and Cartier yep. for natural fancy color diamonds uh, in settings. I mean, the prices for a one carat, not even internally flawless, which is the only product that we sell, that means no inclusions, 
they were going for incredible prices, $45,000 for a one carat in a setting. You know, we can do a diamond in a setting, beautiful setting for three dollars $3,700, $4,000 for a setting. For the setting, yeah. You know, when you go into a jeweler's, even to buy an engagement ring, if it was a white ring or a man-made diamond, uh, they're going to make their money on the setting. You know, they make $100 on a white diamond, they're happy to make $4,000 on a setting. That's how it works in the jewelry business in any mall. I was fortunate enough to be in Las Vegas over Christmas, and there's a new hotel called the Fontainebleau. Graf Jewelers, which is, they have the best, best color diamonds in the world. They have opened up a store right in the heart of the Fontainebleau Hotel, which tells me they believe in natural fancy color diamonds. You know, you can go to London to Bond Street. They have a magnificent store. You can go to Florida. You can go uh, right into um, different areas. You'll see craft jewelers. They have the best, best colored diamonds. Yeah. And that's what we try to give our clients. They're hand-picked. I think ultimately there's going to be a sea change towards real, real, if I can hold it in my hand, if it's real. Um, I think that gold easily could move up 20%. It could go higher. I think over the next few years, it will go higher than that. Clearly, that's you, you can't just pull it out of the ground and, and people want it. Same thing with silver. Silver is going to get to a place, I believe, we break $30, which is, is not a huge move. We break $30. People believe at higher prices. We'll sell more at 40. We'll sell even more at 50. And when it gets to 60, people will want to be involved. And when it hits 100, even more people will want to be involved. And that's what's ultimately going to push it to its natural ratio to gold and silver. So it's going to be very exciting in this market. Don't sleep on it. Pick up some physical silver. Go to the e-store. It's it's Guildhall Precious Metals. Do not sleep on silver right now. It is the underdog of underdogs, and you cannot pull it out of the ground for zero. It's cost just under 20 bucks, and if you want to drive an EV vehicle, if you want to have solar power, if you want to watch TV, if you want to use a refrigerator, if you want to turn on a light switch or have transition lenses or cool sports clothes that, don't, that absorb the sweat and the, 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 the bad smells and whatnot, you're going to need silver, and there's just plainly not enough of it. So don't sleep on silver. Think about having it in your portfolio. The website is guildhallpreciousmetals.com. Paul, I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, it's been fun. It was uh, a little heated at times, which is kind of nice. <laughs> um, uh, I was a stand-in for Jerry. He's on holiday. <laughs> well, you're, you're back, baby. Uh, if you miss a show, catch us on YouTube. Um, go to the website, guildhallwealth.com, the number 18778silver. Thank you for joining us this week on The Real Money Show, and we can't wait to speak to you next week on AM640. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.